Thank you, Anna. I remember a particular Sunday school class, and the teacher was Alan Perry. Anna would be sitting there with her Hebrew Bible before she left for the States, and you'd ask her questions about what the Hebrew said. Look where she's come many years later. So I praise the Lord for that. You know, as she was going through this, and I wanted to give something, a message that really built on what she had. And as I thought about that, what is her basic job to be involved with? It's the Bible, right? Why spend so much time in the Bible? Why do we as believers need the Bible? Well, let's take our Bibles and turn. We'll look at a few verses. There's a lot we could say in answer to that question. Uh, we'll look at first 1 Peter chapter 2. But before we look at it, let me give a little parable. Four men went to the doctor. The first man went to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, what's the problem? Why are you here? He says, well, I feel right. I think everything's right. I just want to make sure it's right. So he went through the usual stuff, asked him what he's eating, what his diet was. This doctor was into that. And so he said, he laid out what he was eating. He says, you're doing fine. No problem. Keep it up. The next man walked in. He said, Doc, I just don't feel good. This is well. He began to ask questions and found out that he was eating cake, more cake, and lollies, maybe a few chips, and that was it. So we would say what? The guy had a problem, right? Okay. And uh, so the, he got a stern lecture from the doctor. The next man came in, and he's, uh, he's skin and bones. He says, well, why aren't you eating? He says, well, I can't get enough. I only have a little bit of food. The guy's got a problem, doesn't he? Okay, fourth person walks in. And again, he's skin and bones. What's the problem? He says, I don't have any food. Now, that little parable, the food is the word of God, is the Bible. And if someone is reading the Bible, studying it, and learning it, as a believer, they are going to be, what? Healthy, right? But if they're, um, how should we put it? If they have the Bible but don't read it, what's going to happen? or they are interpreting it wrong because of error, what's going to happen to their spiritual health? They're not going to be too healthy spiritually. Then what about the person who can't get enough food, that third person? Like the, the, the story of the Bible, the Bible college man. He found out he knew some of the Bible, but not all, all of it. Or if you can read the Bible, but it's not in your mother tongue. Those of you who know another language a little bit can know what I'm talking about. You don't study it as well. My dad was a missionary in Congo. They, all he had was the New Testament. They didn't have the Old Testament. They don't have the complete word of God. Or if you have it in another language you can't read very well, you miss a lot. That's going to leave a Christian who is what? They have problems. The last person, if they don't have the Bible, then you've got a real troubles. So as I think about with these four things, I ask, 
Why do we need the Bible? There's a lot we could say, but let me look at three things. First of all, look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envyings and evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. As I look at this, I find something interesting. First of all, look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. What is he saying? If you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, if you have placed your faith in Christ, certain things will result or should result. One, things should be put aside. Something else should come in. There should be a desire. Now, we have a number of new mothers and mothers-to-be here. I remember when Anna was a baby. I can remember back that, remember, and when John. You know what I noticed about babies? They, what do they want when they have a pain in their belly? Milk, right? How, what is their attitude toward milk? Mums? I know what I did to my mom. <laughs> And remember a letter my mom wrote saying that I was a hungry baby, so there you go. <laughs> and uh, so babies, they want the milk, they desire the milk. And what do they think about the milk? They think it's something they like. We don't feed them steak, we feed them what? Milk. They learn the basics, they learn the beginning. Now if a baby all of a sudden has been, doesn't really want the milk, what do we say? Uh-oh, right? Now, some babies, when they're first born, they may have to wake up that they have to eat. That does happen. But let's just deal with a normal situation. If the baby suddenly doesn't get hungry, we say, there's trouble. In Psalm 19, verse 10, it says, God's word is sweeter also than honey. Now, if somebody says they're a believer in Christ and finds the Bible bitter instead of sweet, what's wrong? Is something right or something wrong? If we have tasted that the Lord is gracious, there's going to be that want, that desire, not like we have in verse 2. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, it should be something they want, then you find sweet. But it says something else in here. No, I thought, okay, but there's... As we're dealing with people who can think, he said there's something else that a, that a newborn Christian should do. Look at verse 1. Laying aside all malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies, and evil speaking. What's malice? Basically, that's saying somebody, something that what designed to hurt somebody, right? This includes that as well as all evil. Now, there's a newborn babe should put aside the sinful way of life. But there's something else they do. And all guile. What's guile? That's hiding, concealing the truth, right? I remember my dad used to love to tell the story. I have three sisters. And they'd done something. I forget what it was. And he asked the oldest one, who did it? Well, the next one did it. So they went to the youngest. Who did it? Nobody. You know, when we're babes, what do we try to do? We try to hide the truth. 
but also says hypocrisies. What's hypocrisy? Let me give this scenario. On Sunday, they sound, look like fantastic Christians, but don't see them on Monday. There should be the same in both. And evil speaking, what's that? That's a critical spirit. Judgmental spirit. Says, now, and as I thought about this, I thought, hmm. You know, when we were little bitty children, I'm sure we never acted like that when we got mad, did we? But as we mature and grow, and as a believer matures and grows, they should what? Desire the sincere milk of the word that they may what? Grow. You know, we speak about people growing in the job. Well, we need to grow in the faith. And we grow by what? The word of God, the Bible. And as I think about that, if you don't have the Bible, how easy is it for it to grow? I can think pictures of my mind of my childhood. I was, until, I was up until 10 in Africa. And a lot of the kids running around didn't have proper nutrition and they showed it. If a believer doesn't have the word of God, have a desire for the word of God, there's going to be trouble in that person growing in the Lord. And so think about that. Number one, they need to desire the word of God, but they need to learn it. Look at Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 11 to the end of the, the chapter, 11 to 14 of Hebrews chapter 5. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Verse 11, he says, the writer of Hebrews says, I have a lot of things to tell you, but I can't tell them to you because what's their problem? They're dull of hearing. What does it mean to be dull of hearing? Does it mean, huh? What did you say? It's more than that. It means they're not listening. It's a hint of being lazy. And he says, why did he call that? Why did he tell them? Notice the next verse. He says, for a time you ought to be what? Teachers. But you have one teach you, which again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Let me give this illustration comes to mind. You know, whatever job you may have, there was a time when you were just learning what to do, right? But if somebody's been in that job, whatever job that you have, say for 10 years, and they're still back in the basics not knowing what to do, something's wrong, right? They'd get fired probably, probably a long time before that. He says, for you have been Christian so long, and yet you have not learned the word of God. You should be able to teach and help others. Verse 13, for, here's the reason I'm saying that. 
Everyone that useth the milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. What's the difference between skilled and full age? He explains. Who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern between what? Good and evil. One of the things a Christian should be asking is, what is the right way? What is the right thing to do? And as a believer, they develop, they learn, they grow, they develop the skill of applying the principles of the Word of God to their life. Recently, we had, there was the Sochi Games, the Olympic Games up in Sochi in, in Russia, right? And it was amazing what those people could do on those flat pieces of board. I know they're specially shaped, they're called skis or whatever. But they're essentially just a flat piece of, shaped flat, flat piece of board. Now when they first got on it, how many of them fell? All, probably all of them. But they, what did they do? They kept on developing the skill. And they became skillful where they could do the loop-de-loops and with the half pipes and so on like that. Believers should grow and they should what? Learn the word of God. Learn what it says and apply it and be able to discern what is good, what is right. What should I do in this situation? What does God want? Uh, and a believer should desire the word of God, learn the word of God, and if you don't have the word of God in your language, it's hard yakka to learn it. It's very difficult. If you know another language a little bit, try having that as your only Bible, how much are you going to get out of it? It's going to be difficult. That's the way it is with a lot of people. They may be able to know a bit of French, but there's a big barrier to get across. It was that way when my, when my, my parents were in Africa, in the Congo. They had French, was, and the same situation. You need the Bible in your own language. We have the Bible in a language that we understand, in English. We should desire it. We should learn it. But there's something else we should do with it. Continue. Learn, desire, or want, learn, and continue. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing, as you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'll start with verse 14. He's writing to Timothy. Paul is, he knows he's, He's soon to go to be with the Lord. He's soon to die. He's writing to Timothy and he's giving some things. He calls Timothy his true son in the faith, a man that, a young man that he had nurtured, that he had helped to grow in the faith. Here's what he says in verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 
He says here, but continue thou in what? Verse 14. He says, Timothy, you've learned some things. Continue in it. And in Timothy's case, his mom and his nana had taught him the word of God. He was steeped in it. He was, it was, that's what he had known. He says, not only that, but Paul had taught him as well. And he says, you have learned the Holy Scriptures. You need to continue. What does it mean to continue in it? It means to do it, to live it. And he says, it's able to make thee wise unto salvation. Then he says, all Scripture, here's why you should be in it. All Scripture comes from where? It's given by inspiration of God. God is the one who wrote the scripture. And it is profitable for what? For what? Doctrine. How do we know about that? We are sinners before God and there is a way of salvation. It's the Bible. How do we know it's wrong to steal? Not even out of love. It's wrong to steal. End of story. It's the word of God and we can go on. It's learning how to live the Christian life. So it's not only what, it, and that's the right way, but it's also reproof. You know what reproof is saying? Hey, Steve, that's wrong. It's a bit in tennis. You have a line, and if the ball is outside the line, what is it? It's out. Reproof says our lifestyle, what we're doing, it's outside the line of what God has said. And then we have the question, okay, it's outside. What do I do now? How do I get back in the line? He says, for correction. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, it speaks about, let him that steal, steal no more. This is somebody who has just, he's a kleptomaniac. And he says, you know what the solution for somebody who just can't help but trying to get a five-finger discount he says, uh, let him rather, let him labor working with his hands for that which is good, that he may give to him that needeth. Have you ever heard of a thief who has become generous? That usually is an oxymoron in my mind. But he says what? Somebody who's had that problem, they what? They replace it with something else. They learn what to do. The word of God teaches us how to live and do right. Here's the way to live. Here's what's wrong. Here's how to get right. And then instruction in righteousness. That's the training in righteousness, being trained to live a godly life. Why? Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. How would you like, if there was a, uh, give, give, let me give an illustration. You need an ambulance. And somebody shows up with a van, but nothing in the ambulance. What would we say? They're not a equipped, right? Without the word of God, the Christian is not equipped. And as I think about what, um, what Annabeth is involved with, if they don't have the word of God, how can they be equipped to live the godly life, to do good works? We have the Bible in our language. We can read it. Some, some can read it in other languages. We have that. Do we want it? Do we learn it? Do we continue in it? And as we think about that, 
Start reading. Now you may say, I've tried that, but I just can't keep at it. Look, three days are better than, than none. Keep at it. And don't start with something like Leviticus, which is like a tech manual for the priests and how to do sacrifices. Start with the gospel. Start with the New Testament. And then go to the, like the Psalms and Proverbs. They can be very helpful. Then read through the stories. Learn and develop. And it's a skill. And work with the abilities God has given you. It's made for the person who doesn't have much education, the person who has a lot of education. God has given the word of God, and it's meant to be clear. We have to want it, learn it, continue in it, that we may be thoroughly equipped. And it's with that thought in mind why we even have a Bible college. Let me give a plug here for that. Why? So people can know the word of God and learn not only for themselves, but also to share the word of God with others as well. You have the Bible in your language. Are you reading it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for uh, the ministry you've given Anna Beth and how you've prepared her over the, the years. And we pray for our chatty and believe uh, brothers and sisters there as they labor and work with the translation of the Bible into the various languages. We think of Job with the struggles he has of uh, being a widower. And a lot of these men who want to finish the project before you bring them home. Help them guide them, protect them, and may they stay in the truth. And pray for us here in Australia that we may do good works that honor and please you. Thank you, Lord. And we pray that everyone here will read the Bible in Jesus' name. Amen.